she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus, her husband, being a just man and not wanting, or then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while she thought, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and, shall, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded for, um, him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. God in heaven, I just want to thank you for this day, Lord, and just thank you for already showing up to this service, God. We're just so, so thankful for everything you've done for us, every blessing you've given us, God, for every heartbeat, step, and breath, Lord. We're just thankful to be able to come here and gather one more time, God. And Lord, we just ask, if there's one here that's not saved, Lord, that today be the day, God. And if there's one here struggling, Lord, that they lay the burden down, God, and just let you take it, Lord. And we're so thankful for everything you've done, and we ask that we uh, take this message to heart and carry it with us throughout the rest of our lives and just let it help us grow, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. May be seated. I'm uh, grateful for our praise and worship team and our special singing. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the worship this morning. And Christmas is a special time. I read this passage of scripture, and there are three lessons from this Christmas story that I think that we all need to take to heart. In verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. The first lesson I learned from Christmas is nothing is impossible with God. I'm afraid we've forgotten this, church. I'm afraid that in our churches across the land, that even in my own life, perhaps, we have forgotten that God is the God of all possibilities. God is not limited by anything. And I'm afraid that we have substituted His working for our own programs and our own ways of methods of doing things and we miss out on the miraculous. I'm working on a sermon for after the first of the year. Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. When's the last time we've seen a miracle? When's the last time we've experienced a miracle? And I'm not going up here going crazy, you know that. But God is a miracle working God. And I'm not saying the gift, I'm not talking about us and the gifts of healing and all that. I'm talking about God doing his supernatural work in our church, in our lives. There, do you know that there are scholars, so-called scholars today, who question the veracity, who question the sincerity of the scriptures in saying that Mary was a virgin. They attack the virgin birth. 
Because they simply do not believe in miracles. They do not believe that God said in His Word that He is a miracle-working God. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 says, With God, all things are possible. And we've forgotten that. We have forgotten that. We have become, I don't know, maybe watered down by secularism. And now if someone just follows the Bible, that they're seen as someone that's extreme. They're a fanatic. But actually, it's basic Christianity. She was found, before they had been together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. There are some who attack the virgin birth, the, de- the, the doctrine of the virgin birth, because in the Old Testament, the word, the Hebrew word, can mean young damsel, young lady. But here in Matthew, virgin means virgin. In the Greek word, it means virgin. And he goes to lengths to show that she had never been with a man. Now think about this. Miracle number one, she's found with child. Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away to divorce her secretly. He didn't make a big to-do out of it. He was going to take her and divorce her secretly so that no one would know about it. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Number two, Joseph listened to the Holy Spirit. That's miracle number two. Joseph listened to what God was telling him through this angel of the Lord. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I don't know what you're struggling with this year, but I know that everybody's struggling. I know that everybody is struggling. And I want you to know this. God is still God. He still does miracles. And whatever you're facing, He can take care of it. So the first lesson from Christmas I have learned is that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. The second lesson I would like for us to see, let me read in verse 22 and following. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. The second lesson I would like to present to you from the story of Christmas is that there's nothing more important than you and me hearing from God. Nothing more important. 
Guys, how many times do we face a situation that's a bad situation and we pick up a phone to call our friend or we call our parents or we call someone else and we haven't even consulted with God? We haven't even talked to God. Do we ever just sit as we read His Word and ponder and meditate on His Word? Uh, I'm having to listen, have to listen to the Word a lot. It's very difficult for me to read big chunks. So I've been listening to the Bible a lot on, on the app. And listening to it, someone reading the Bible to me. And uh, I, I notice that when I'm doing that, and I'm sitting and I'm listening and I'm focusing, I'm catching a lot of things in scriptures I've missed through the years. I want to learn to listen to God. Now, God primarily speaks through His Word. And I know that this was a special time and a special revelation. And I do not know that God is going to speak to you through dreams and all that. I'm not here to teach that. But I'm here to teach you that if you're in the Word of God, you will learn to listen to God and that He can guide you, your thoughts. He can guide you through conviction. He can guide you through His very Word. And you can hear what God wants to say to you. But we can't do that when we're filtering all the world through our lives. We can't have the Word of God on our lap and the television on. Matter of fact, I found that when I'm not on that, if I'm just trying to read the Word, the further I'm away from that phone, the better I am. That device is made for distractions. And the devil knows just when to send you an email or a, or a, a, a notification. and You've got to look and see what it is. They tell me there's this thing called FOMO. Fear of missing out. Here I'm learning all these new young terms. There's actually a condition where people are afraid they're going to miss out on something. Thus, that's why they spend hours on social media. But how are we supposed... God doesn't work through social media. God's not going to send you an email. Now, He might send you an email, but not an email. He not, he's not going to post something on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. I mean, think about it. And we get all uncomfortable when the preacher starts talking about our time and our time management, yet we want to hear from God, but we do things that keep us from hearing from God. So I'm here to say the second lesson, I, lesson I've learned is Joseph and Joseph was a just man, so he had a relationship with God. And therefore, he listened to God. And if you're going to listen to God, you have to have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And there are some things that we need to do so that we can hear from God. We don't need to make rash decisions. We need to pray and we need to think about things. And we need to let God... Be God and tell us what we need to do. I'm thankful that Joseph listened to God, aren't you? If Joseph would have been clouded with all the world and what everybody was saying and all the clamor, because I'm sure there were people talking. People have been the same since the beginning of time. 
It's called humanity. I'm sure there was a bunch of chatter about them. I'm sure there was a lot of talking going on. And Joseph could have listened to that, but he didn't. He chose to listen to God. And I don't want to argue with you whether he had the, the choice to choose or not. I'm just telling you, he did. So the first lesson is nothing is impossible with God. Second lesson is nothing is as important as listening to God. And lastly, there's nothing more important of a response than faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Do you know why Joseph named Jesus Jesus? Because God told him through the angel of the Lord to name him Jesus. You know why Joseph took Mary as his wife and did not know her until after the baby was born? I'll tell you why. Because he had faith in God. He believed what God said. Listen, faith is not you coming to a conclusion, conjuring up something in your mind and saying, Okay, God, I'm going to believe you for this. Now give this to me. That's not faith. Faith is believing that God will do what He says He will do. That's faith. That's faith. And long before you and I are obedient, we must have faith. Do you know without faith it's impossible to please God? Now I know that many of you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to take you to heaven. But do you have faith for your daily needs? Do you have faith? Do you have a faith that brings you to the place of obedience to all that God wants you to be obedient to? That's the issue. And that's the third lesson from Christmas. We get caught up in the trappings and we love the manger scene. But there's a lot of theology before we even get to the manger scene. There's a lot of practical <coughs> excuse me, Christianity before we get to the manger scene. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that with God all things are possible? Do you believe that God wants to speak to you and reveal His will to you? Are you willing to respond in faith and obedience? These are three valuable lessons from the Christmas story. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I ask you this morning, are you prepared to die and leave this earth and go to a literal hell. Hell is real. It was not created for people. It was created for the devil and his demons. And if you're here and you've never trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, today could be the day that you pass from death unto life. If you're here and you're not saved, you can be today. You see, the Bible teaches us that we're all sinners. And because we're sinners, we all deserve to die. 
There is none righteous, no, not one. You cannot do anything to save yourself. There's none righteous. The Bible also teaches us that because we are sinners, that there is a penalty for sin. God told Adam, in the day that you eat that fruit, you shall surely die. Death is the penalty for sin. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And they always go paid. They never go unpaid. But the beautiful thing is, according to the Bible, that God demonstrated His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we celebrate the Christmas story, and we weren't ever instructed in the Bible to celebrate Christmas. He didn't ask us to. But I think He is honored when we worship Him in Christmas. And we stand at Christmas and we say the whole reason of Christmas and His birth was so that He could save His people from their sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Every thought that's evil that you would think, every thought that's against God that you would think, He took it upon you and died, took it upon Himself and died on the cross. Every word that you would say that's not right with God, He took it and died upon the cross. Every action you've ever done that's not right, He took it upon Himself and died on the cross. He was buried and He arose from the grave. And according to the Scriptures, that if we'll believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we'll be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth, that He died on the cross for your sins... He paid for your sins. He was buried and He arose from the grave. And by that, you'll turn from your sins and you'll turn to Him, believing in Him and Him alone. You can be saved this morning. Would you bow with me for just a moment? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, may I ask you this? Would there be anyone in here that would say, Pastor, listen, if I were to die right now, I'm not.